You're listening to Healthline, where you receive inspiring messages and helpful health tips. For over two decades, Modern Mana has empowered individuals to achieve a healthy lifestyle, from health expos and detox programs to TV and radio shows. If you are ready to improve your health, then let's get started. Today we're going to talk about cancer prevention, and 35% of all cancers have been related to diet. Mm-hmm. And the National, or the American Cancer Society, I think, is really trying, you know, to alert the public and changes you need to make as far as mm-hmm. warding off cancer, realizing that prevention is the key right now. Uh-huh. And I thought I would go to the American Cancer Society. I've gone there a number of times in the past to get posters. And I got uh, another poster, and this one is amazing. I wanted to bring it in, but I forgot to bring it to show you. But it's of a woman who's black tar all over her face and her body. It's one of the most grotesque things you've ever seen. And it says, if what happened to you on the inside happened on the outside, you'd quit and it was on smoking. Mm-hmm. So it was all the black tar on her face and her hair and on her clothes. And it was, it's actually a very gross looking huh. poster, but it got the point across. Then they can always say, cut. they have another one that says, cut your cancer risk. And it's a beautiful colored poster of fruits and vegetables, just gorgeous. In fact, I was gonna bring you when I had an extra and it's really neat, you know, you may wanna put it up somewhere. And so I left the American Cancer Society talking to the lady who worked there, who was very helpful. And um, they have even videos that you can rent out, like a library on prostate cancer, breast cancer, diet, nutrition, smoking, things of that nature, um, even a husband and wife's relationship and and what needs to be done once a woman's diagnosed with breast cancer and the support mm-hmm. you know, of the husband. But this week I received a magazine called Veggie Life and they had an article in here called Health and Nutrition News and it said American Cancer Society guidelines go for the green. And I wanted to share this and some other material that I have with me today. But it says, score another victory for the vegetarian lifestyle. The American Cancer Society's recently released guidelines for diet, nutrition and cancer prevention confirm that eating more fruits vegetables and grains, reducing or eliminating consumption of high-fat foods, meats, and alcohol, and staying active and fit can help prevent cancer and cancer-related deaths. And the sooner you start to eat smart and get in shape, the sooner you'll begin to reduce your risk. It says the American Cancer Society recommends a diet that focuses on plant-based foods. Five or more servings of vegetables and fruits and several servings of bread, cereal, and grain products each day. Eating food made from fiber and mineral-rich whole grain rather than processed flour products is best. And you can always bet on the bean, whether pinto, lentil, or soy. It's a versatile, low-fat, high-protein alternative to meat. They then said, limiting intake of high-fat foods, particularly those from animal sources, is the next step in reducing your risk of cancer. It goes on in this article and says, consumption of meats, especially red meats such as beef, pork, and lamb, has been associated with an increase of cancer of the colon, the rectum, the prostate, and the endometrium. 
And so it says replace many of these foods with fruits, vegetables, grains, and beans, of course, and low-fat foods. And if you're using animal products or, or dairy products, of course, they're saying low-fat, low-fat. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to break right there before I continue on on the American Cancer Society and touch on two areas that they've already hit on. Number one, fiber. Fiber is critical for cancer prevention. The other is fat. And I have a magazine that I just got called Nutrition Action Health Letter that says Bad News Breakfasts. And I want to tell the people who are listening today about these Grand Slam breakfasts at some of these fast food type diners and the amount of fat that are in them. I think it's going to blow you away, Kimberly. But first, let's look at fiber. 85% of the calories that Americans eat come from foods that lack fiber. Fiber comprises those parts of the plant cell and cell wall that resist digestion by enzymes of the stomach and the small intestine. So some fibers would be cellulose, hemicellulose, lignin, pectin, for like from apples, lignins from seeds, gums, and mucilages like psyllium husks, things that become kind of like egg whites, you know, kind of jello-y. And it says here that some facts about fiber, certain chemicals can be adsorbed to fiber. In other words, it adheres to it, draws it like a magnet in the colon and passed out in the stool without intestinal bacteria forming carcinogens. Some fibers bind to cholesterol and lipids and eliminate them in the stool. In fact, they did tests showing that that by removing the bile acids, there was less cancer of the colon. Fiber holds a great deal of water, and this is responsible for the increased weight and the amount of stool excreted each day. More fiber and more water is what the American diet needs. High-fiber diets increase transit time for solid material to pass through the gastrointestinal tract quicker, thus removing carcinogens and bile acids. Now, that's a, that's a very important um, sentence transit time the opposite of quick transit time which is going to get these these bile acids and and cancer causing agents out of the body faster is constipation so when you're constipated these bile acids these carcinogens sit in your body a lot longer the more fiber uh, not only decreases your chance of getting colon cancer but also heart disease diabetes, obesity, gallbladder disease, and peptic ulcers. Now, you know, it also talked about here not to drink alcohol, not to smoke. I put together recently, a, this is from our slide presentation at the cooking school, I, I made a slide here. It's called the, tobac the tobacco habit, the leading preventable cause of death, okay? The number one cause of lung cancer is smoking. The number one cause or the number one cancer of male of, of females today is lung and men I believe it's second lung or colon is second and lung is third but number one in men is prostate but look at this leading preventable cause of death mm -hmm. I really like that thought you can prevent it nearly one in every five deaths is caused by tobacco use 400,000 deaths in the US each year that's from the American Cancer Society Smoking is responsible for 87% of lung cancers and 30% of all cancer deaths. Three million die each year worldwide from smoking. That's from the World Health Organization. Healthcare costs related to smoking 
In America, $50 billion in 1993. Cigarette smoke contains more than 3,000 chemical substances, some of which are carbon monoxide, nicotine, formaldehyde. This drug addiction also causes artery damage, impotence, loss of bone density, and skin damage. That's from the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. Secondhand smoke or side stream smoke kills 5,000 non-smokers a year from lung cancer and 30 to 40 million suffer from allergies. That's from the Environmental mm-hmm. Protection Agency. So you can see right there that cigarette smoke, if you want to prevent lung cancer, you got to quit smoking. Mm-hmm. That's why the American Cancer Society is so big on on educating Americans on the danger of smoking. They, they have probably... I would say three or four of the posters I saw there now deal with cigarettes, you know, and some of them may not be the taste for a Christian radio station, but they were getting the point across, okay? The other thing is fiber. We know we must increase the fiber in our diets. We do not get enough fiber, and that is going to, as we read, it's going to affect the transit time, of the stool in the colon whereby leaving bile acids and carcinogens and fats in the body that's going to give off cancer causing agents talking about fat let's look at some of these fast food restaurants a minute now this is dealing with let's say uh, Denny's $1.99 breakfast and I'm not going to try to put down Denny's I'm going to talk about the calories that are in the breakfast just the factual information A typical platter is Denny's Grand Slam, is the best-selling restaurant breakfast. The best-selling. How can you beat two eggs, two pancakes, two strips of bacon, two sausage links, and margarine or butter on your pancakes and syrup for $1.99? You can't. Which is why many other chains now offer similar versions. They're Grand Slams, all right to your heart and your waistline. It says here, we're talking more than 1,100 calories, three quarters of a day's fat, saturated fat, and sodium, and two days cholesterol. Cholesterol aside, that's like eating two Big Macs is the amount of fat you're getting in this one breakfast for a buck Mm. 99 says, if you have trouble remembering that the Grand Slam type platter has two of everything, just think of it as the double bypass. For an extra buck, you can spring for a three of everything feast like Denny's Super Slam. Now you're talking triple bypass. So on the next page here, it actually breaks down some of these foods that are sold at Cracker Barrel, Carol's, The Waffle House, Denny's, Baker Square, Big Boys, IHOPs, etc., And they had down here one that was quite interesting to me is scrambled eggs. It said in the article, nobody just orders two scrambled eggs. You usually get it with bacon or sausage or half browns, toast and butter, something else. Mm -hmm. But they listed here scrambled eggs. If you order two scrambled eggs plus, plus hash browns and four strips of bacon, toast with margarine, you're getting 910 calories, 45 grams of fat, and 1,300 milligrams of sodium. If you got pancakes, four pancakes with syrup, and plus two sausage links, that's all, it's 1,000 calories, 32 grams of fat, 
and 2,300 milligrams of sodium salt. Then it went to pancakes, four with syrup, and margarine plus sausage, four links. It's 62 grams of fat in that meal, 2,630 milligrams of sodium. If you got French toast, three slices, plus sausage, two links, 42 grams of fat. If you got, here's one, um, biscuits and gravy, plus two eggs, two sausage links, and two strips of bacon, Denny Southern Slam type platter, that's an actual platter, 65 grams of fat in the diet. And then if you got hash browns and made it four sausage links, that's 75 grams of fat in your mm-hmm. diet. Then the last one I'll share is a Belgium waffle with fruit and whipped topping, plus sausage, two links, nearly 50 grams of fat. So, you know, it's a lot of fat. It's a lot of fat. And as we continue looking at what the American Cancer Society is saying here, it talks again about alcoholic beverages need to be left out of the lifestyle and the diet. The cigarette smoking needs to be left out. Actually, they're a little more lenient, I think, on alcohol, saying limit it down to, to uh, I think it's two or three drinks a day, something like that. But according to Dr. Simone and others, that we've had on the show, they said they found even with one drink an increase of cancer within people. It says, finally, be physically active and achieve and maintain a healthy weight. Physical activity can help protect against some cancers, either by balancing energy input, the calories you take in, with energy expenditure, the calories you burn off, or by other mechanisms such as balancing an individual's hormone levels. It says maintaining a healthy body weight helps reduce the risk for chronic disease such as coronary heart disease, diabetes, as well as cancer. Conversely, an excess of calories can lead to obesity and increase risk of cancers of the colon, rectum, prostate, endometrium, breast, and kidney. 30 minutes of moderate physical activity per day in combination with a low-fat plant-based diet is all that's needed to keep your fitness level high and your cancer risk low. The activity doesn't have to be continuous to be beneficial and can be accomplished by walking briskly three to four miles per hour for about two miles, jogging, swimming, gardening, housework at a level of intensity equivalent to brisk walking. While no diet can guarantee full protection against any disease, the American Cancer Society guidelines reaffirm that a plant-based nutritional plan and regular exercise can help induce your risk. For more information, call the American Cancer Society toll-free at 1-800-ACS-2345. And then they go on and they talk about cigarette smoke. Something very interesting about cigarette smoke. I have known for quite a while that when you smoke a cigarette, you can actually drain somewhere between 30 and 100 milligrams of vitamin C out of the body. I believe it's 30 milligrams. I also know that in the plants that the American Cancer Society is recommending as part of our diet, a heavy use of plant-based foods, Kim, it's because of phytochemicals. These, these chemicals within plants that actually whisk cancer cells out of the body, they disrupt the union of or a marriage between two carcinogens or two molecules that make a cancer-causing agent. They decrease tumor growth. They protect our bodies from cancer. 
Now, what I learned this morning as I was doing more research for today's program, this article said that cigarette smoke may snuff out fat-soluble antioxidants. Now, this is new information for me. Here's yet another reason to kick the smoking habit. Researchers in a recent laboratory experiment at the Berkeley and Davis branches of the University of California believe that cigarette smoking uses antioxidants to offset the oxidative stress produced by smoking. As a result, cigarette smokers have lower levels of these valuable nutrients in their blood than non-smokers do. When human blood plasma was exposed to cigarette smoke under controlled conditions, most of the fat-soluble antioxidants in the plasma, including vitamin C and alpha-tocopherol, the predominant form of vitamin E, were depleted. Among the carotenoids, lycopene was the most sensitive to smoke. Now, that was quite interesting because in 1993, Harvard University, uh, the doctors revealed that they had isolated a, a cousin of, of beta-carotene, the red pigment of the tomato, and this red pigment was lycopene. Lycopene, in taking 10 servings of tomatoes or tomato sauce a week, lowered the incidence of lowered the incidence of prostate cancer in men 35 to 45%. The number one antioxidant that they believe that smoking depletes in our bodies is lycopene. So that would tell me that a man who smokes runs a high risk of developing cancer of the prostate. It says among the carotenoids, lycopene was most sensitive to smoke, followed by, you guessed it, beta-carotene, lutein, uh, cryptoxanthin. Vitamin A was relatively resistant to depletion. The results of this study indicate that at least under experimental conditions, fat-soluble antioxidants in the blood plasma may be destroyed by exposure to cigarette smoke. So every time a smoker lights up, he lowers his levels of antioxidant protection in the bloodstream and he raises his risk of smoking-related diseases. So cigarette smoking, I don't know how much more we can say about cigarette smoking. But now on the other hand, I believe there's something else that's a slow poison that compromises good health and actually affects cancer, prostate cancer, um, heart disease, all types of cancer, the immune systems. It's related to um, affecting our sleep, acne, blood pressure, our mind, and that is stress. I was reading recently about stress and amazing what I found about stress in children today. I'll share some of that with you. But it says stress has risen enormously even since the early 80s, according to a new poll conducted by Princeton Survey Research Associates. Over a thousand adults say that people are feeling more stress than ever before. The poll showed that 65% of those polled feel stressed at least one day a week. This was compared to 55% in 1983. So much of what we do today is fast-paced. Technology is booming and has filtrated beyond just a typical eight-hour workday. 
just think about how many people throughout the day you see talking on a cellular phone in the car, carrying a laptop computer on a train, finishing up last-minute business, or responding to a beeping noise made by a pager hooked on their belts. With all the career life demands, leisure time gets pushed further and further down on the list of things to do. Stress then becomes another major part of life, and more than likely it goes untreated and dangerously continues. Unfortunately, when stress becomes part of the daily routine, the body starts to wear down at an accelerated rate. Have you experienced, it says, a divorce? Are you finding financial responsibilities a burden? Is your job security on the line? Is your marriage or relationship constantly on an up and down roller coaster? All of these are stress inducers as well. And even though we may not initially see or feel the effects of such stress, research is showing that it is like a slow poison. Psychological stress has been tied to complaints of headache, ulcers, fatigue, depression, to name a few. It has been said that hormones released by stress eat at the digestive tract and lungs and can possibly weaken the heart, leading to stroke and heart disease. In full, the intense biochemical attacks caused by stress ultimately break down one's entire immune system, opening up risk of deadly disease, cancer, or infection. This was quite interesting to fully under, understand the the internalization of stress, we must first understand the role of the hypothalamus in controlling our basic bodily functions and how it is affected by stress. The hypothalamus, the central command station, it's a little gland in our brain, is a, is a primitive area of the brain and is closely related to the pituitary gland and the adrenal glands. It has exclusive control of basic body functions. This small-sized organ has a big job. It regulates hunger and thirst, blood pressure, heart rate, body temperature, and reproductive functions, among others. The pituitary gland is connected to the hypothalamus and awaits instructions regarding which of its many hormones to release and how much. The pituitary gland also releases adrenocorticotropin, a hormone that activates the third part of the body's systemic response to stress, the adrenal glands. When there's violent communication between the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland sets off by stress itself, the adrenal glands release stress hormones, namely dopamine and epinephrine or adrenaline, norepinephrine and cortisol. Our basic body functions like blood flow and breathing are responsive to the adrenal hormones. Changes in these hormonal levels can significantly affect health. Just a slight overproduction of dopamine can raise blood pressure, while too much epinephrine can prematurely activate diabetes and asthma. <laughs> so the news, you know, they said, are you under too much stress? And they... They gave a test here. This was interesting. And, I, and I, I don't know how much I need to say a lot on stress because I think we're going through it and children are going through it. Here's a, a little study they put together and it says to assess the current level of stress in your life, answer the following questions and add up the number of points indicated for each yes answer. Husband or wife also refers to a long-term relationship partner. During the past six months, has your wife or husband died? That's worth 20 points. Have you divorced or separated from your husband or wife? 15 points. Has a close relative died? 13 points. 
Have you been hospitalized? 11 points. Have you married or had a reconciliation with your partner after separation? 10 points. Have you found out that you, um, you were soon to become a parent? 9 points. Have there been a change in health of a close family member? 9 points. Have you lost a job or retired? 9 points. Um, it says, has a new member been born or married into your family? Has a close friend died? Have your finances become worse? Have you changed your job? You having family trouble? Have you had important personal success such as job promotion? Have you had jet lag? Have you had major domestic upheavals such as moving or remodeling your home? Have you taken on a large debt or, or mortgage? These cause stress. Some of them are good, but yet they cause stress. But let me conclude on the effects of stress. Here's something that, that Kim, I think you'll find very interesting. This was in regards to children. And it says children's stress. When we think of children, we tend to weigh their stress as much lighter than our own. We might think just because children don't have the eight to five grind every day or have to deal with a difficult marriage or relationship, they are exempt from stress. And although that might be somewhat true in some areas of the children's life, it doesn't prove to be true in others. Children experience many types of stress that may seem insignificant to an adult, but in the mind of a child may be a very serious issue. And it goes on in this article and talks about, says here, this was pediatrician Robert Haggerty, colleagues at the New York Hospital, Cornell Medical Center, um, found, for example, that a stressful event often precedes children's bacterial throat infections. Research found, for example, that a stressful event, it says here, um, uh, it started physical conditions such as asthma, allergies, diabetes can be adversely affected by childhood stress. In addition, behavior problems can also be signs of stress. Stressed out children may become hyperactive or have difficulty controlling their anger. Consider some of these statistics. Every 24 hours, almost 3,000 children see their parents get divorced. Mm. 3,288 children run away from home and 1,512 drop out of school. Children these days seem to be exposed to major life pressures earlier and earlier in life. Children are exposed to violent crimes, drugs, death, sexual experimentation at an incredibly young age, all of which can cause stressful atmosphere. The physiological consequences of stress builds up over years and decades, so the earlier children can be relieved of major stress, the better their health and energy as adults. And they said common symptoms of an overstressed child, angry and defiant, wants to break things, has cold hands and feet, sweaty palms, has little energy, Difficulty starting a project, seems anxious, fidgety, tends to worry a lot, has shaky voice, trembles and shakes, displays nervous tics, grinds or clenches his teeth, reports stomach pains or digestive problems, reports irregular heartbeats, thumping in chest, sores in mouth, skin rashes, low-grade infections, loss of appetite, sleeplessness, heartburn, and generalized body pain. So these are some common stresses of an or common symptoms of overstressed children so you know i'm touching on that because i think that the the your attitude and your mind plays such a critical part in in preventing cancer and it needs to be addressed you know even with our children mm-hmm. so anyway on a positive note cut the fat down big time 
follow the American Cancer Society's advice, eat five to six servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Uh, one nutrition magazine I got said that 42% of Americans don't eat a piece of fruit on a given day. So we're not getting the nutrients. Juice, does that, would that count? I would try to, I think that it, it could be uh, inferior because you don't have the fiber in it, mm-hmm. especially, which is going to get the bile acids and the, the carcinogens out. Try to eat the whole plant food, mm-hmm. especially there's other things in there, especially the fiber that you're losing. You tend to process the f- juice. It sits in the refrigerator in a in a waxed carton mm-hmm. and all this. So right. I would say eat the fruits and vegetables, cut down, if not eliminate the animal products. If you don't, go to low fat, definitely, non-fat mm-hmm. type things. Also, try to um, get rid of smoking if it's in your mm-hmm. house. Alcohol, even one drink, Dr. Simone says, increase chances of cancer within women get it out Uh of the diet exercise is critical to get a good exercise program and a very high fiber diet and cut out stress you know um there's one herb that i wanted to talk about briefly essiac tea this is a tea that we've talked about in the past and it was used in in canada as canada's number one cancer cure for 50 years it said in 1922 a patient told renee casey she was her name spelled backwards is Essiac. She was a nurse and she found this remedy from Indians, you know, and saw how they treated tumors and cancer. She refined the formula so that it could be taken with no side effects. She called it Essiac. Her name spelled backwards. For eight years, Nurse Casey ran a compassionate cancer, a compassionate cancer clinic in Bracebridge, Ontario, charging no fee. Over the next 50 years, Renee treated thousands of terminal cancer victims. She considered herself well rewarded when her own mother recovered from cancer after taking Essiac tea. Skeptical doctors who visited the clinic left convinced of the effectiveness of the treatment. Several times she refused large sums of money for the formula, fearing it would disappear into animal testing labs and be unavailable to the people who need it. At the end of her life, Renee Casey signed Essiac, her life's work over to Respirin. She did so because this company gave her the commitment she required to treat human cancer patients and to work to gain official medical recognition of Essiac as having merit in the treatment of cancer. The commonly accepted medical theory is that to be considered valid treatment, the substances and procedures used must kill cancer cells. The proven therapies or techniques are all nearly as fearsome to patients as the disease. All of these interventions weaken resistance to the malignancy and result in a poor quality of life for the patient. Renee Casey believed that destructive agents were not the answer. Knowing that malignant cells deprived healthy ones of nourishment, she theorized that Essiac set up a resistance in the healthy cells cutting off food supply to the cancerous ones and causing them to regress. Whatever the actual mechanism, normal cell growth was restored. Because of this regression of tumors, Renee recommended taking Essiac before surgery. There would be less danger of metastases or recurrence and easier removal. In some cases, Essiac was helping the patient to extent, to the extent of making surgery unnecessary. Other factors in the herbal formula helped to cleanse the blood and normalize the enzymes. Because Essiac activated natural defenses, the body did not remain dependent on it. Though it did not help everyone, it did relieve pain 
and improve quality of life for many patients, some of whom live for decades longer. Renee Casey never claimed that Essiac was a cancer cure, only that it relieved suffering and improved the odds of overcoming the disease. In the Ojibwa Indian Herbal formula, Renee had found a non-toxic way to stimulate the self-healing capabilities of the body. Still available today as Essiac, this mild-tasting herbal tea is good, is a good option for cancer patients. And then this talks about the herbs in it. There's burdock root that has considerable anti-tumor activity. It has slippery elm, which strengthens the body, helps cleanse the colon, neutralizes acids from indigestion, and relieves asthma. Sheep sorrel, a traditional remedy for cancer, high in vitamins and minerals, very effective in breaking down tumors. And Indian rhubarb, that carry, helps the body carry oxygen to all parts for healing. It also helps with disease-causing bacteria. Even candida has antibiotic and anti-tumor properties. So this article then gives personal testimonies. I'll just read you one. It says, after 12 operations for cancer in seven years, his condition was deteriorating. In 1992, he had two more operations and was not expected to survive another. He started taking Essiac in January of 1993. In April, he began passing material in his urine and by June had regained health, energy, weight, and a zest for life. Isn't that interesting? That is interesting. Somebody brought you in the same article. Oh, well, part of it. Part of it, yeah. That's the one that I got a lot of this out of. It says, five years after a mastectomy, she was diagnosed as having a tumor in her left eye, thought to be spread from the original breast cancer. She began to take Essiac in February of 1993. She was surprised in March to find that the tumor was gone. But anyway, Essiac's a pretty good tea. Sounds like it's pretty good. I was going to tell you, Danny, that... um, I did try that cayenne pepper. Oh, you did? Yeah, remember how we talked about it keeping the feet warm? I went and bought some cayenne pepper. And I tried it on a Sunday when I was getting Mm -hmm. ready to go to my Mm in-laws. So I put a little bit. I thought, man, I better put some more. So I put more. I said to my husband, well, first of all, we're in the grocery store. And he went with me. He usually does it. And I said, "Um, I need to buy some cayenne pepper. And he said, cayenne pepper? He goes, what for? I said, I'm not even going to tell you. (laughs) He said, why do you need it? I said, I'll just tell you later. I said, he goes, no, why? He goes, what are you going to make? I said, no, it's to keep my feet warm. And he said, oh, that's crazy. So I'm going to try it out and see. So I I felt like it was keeping my feet warm. We we were there for a while and I got done eating dinner and I Uh told his grandmother about it. She was going to tell somebody else that worked outside and their feet got cold. So after dinner... My feet started getting so hot, I had on a pair no of socks kidding. and tennis shoes. So I thought, man, my feet's getting hot. So I took <laughs> off my tennis shoes. And then pretty soon I thought, oh. man, I was, you know, I was just trying not to make a scene. I ended yeah. up taking off my socks. I think I put a little too much. But literally it helped me because I only used it once and my feet haven't been as cold. Okay. Once or twice. So I didn't, they haven't been cold since then. Wonderful. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it's not as cold outside. Maybe that's it. But I don't know. But it it definitely works. And I would say, you know, try just a little bit because you don't want your feet to get too hot. Exactly. And then if that doesn't work, try a little bit more. I just put it in my socks. It did stain my socks, though. It did. Yeah, but that that's okay. That's okay. okay. Easy price to pay. Yeah, easy price. Just wear this. You know, if you do it again, wash your socks socks. and put it in there again or something. Yeah. Your cayenne socks. Yeah, there you go. My cayenne socks. Well, Danny, we have some time left, so let's open up the phones. Let's go to Ken. How are you doing, Ken? Oh, not too bad. All right. I'm glad. Yeah, how are you doing, Ken? 
pretty good. Good. What's your question for us? Get the tea. The tea. Essiac tea. Um, we have it available. You know, we'll give the numbers to the stores at the end of the program, and we have it available there, and you can uh, call them up. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you. And I will say about the Essiac, personally, just my own testimony and from our, our customers, there's a lot of counterfeits. There's a lot of people making this this tea. The one, Resperin, is the one that has the name Essiac on it, the original Renee Casey Herbal Remedy, and they're the ones who got the rights to it. So make sure you get the original. We find that people are much more pleased with it than the counterfeits. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. And if you have a question about Healthline, nutrition, whatever it might be, on cancer, give us a call. Well, Danny... Any recipes or anything like that? <laughs> or not today? Recipes I don't have. You know, there's the one of the, the vegetable kebabs, but I think with 10 minutes left, and I know there's people calling in, we're probably only going to get to that. But if they order that newsletter, they will get the vegetable and tofu kebabs, which is excellent. It's like a shish kebab, which you make with uh-huh. tofu, and she um, actually takes the tofu and and kind of uh, marinates it, I think. And you use wood skewers, and you can even do them on barbecues, and they're really good. And so you're going to have, you know, cut red onion, cut bell peppers, cut zucchinis, crookneck squash, mushrooms, broccoli, tofu. And so you put them on a skewer, uh-huh. and they're wonderful. You Sounds know. good. Well, we have a few more callers. Okay. Line one, go ahead with your question. Um, yes, I'm calling about the Essiac tea. Is that something that you would only use if you knew that you had cancer? Or no, something you would use no. to prevent? I have taken it myself. It is an excellent detoxifier. Do you I had, take it on a regular basis? No, not necessarily. They usually recommend you do it for like one to three months and a couple ounces a day if you're using it as just a preventative. I've had some women who've had um, ovarian cysts, uh, fibroid cysts and fibroid tumors and they were relieved. That's the testimony I received from them. I also know that one of the bonuses to it is it has helped people who are diabetics mm. and it's actually lowered and even eliminated their sugar requirements. So anytime you can detoxify the organs of the body, it's very beneficial. All right. Well, thank you. Okay. Thank you for your question. Shirley, go ahead. You're on the air. Uh, hi, Dan. This is Shirley. Hi, Shirley. Um, I was very interested in what you were talking about earlier. Um, uh, I don't have cancer, but okay. I've, I've had, I get viruses a lot, mm-hmm. I get infections a lot in the uh, respiratory, mm-hmm. and I've been taking vitamins and everything, mm-hmm. and it just seems like my body's not utilizing this. Well, I think that, uh, you know, some of the advice I gave today to um, eat a lot of plant-based foods... I like getting my nutrients from food. As I've said before, God perfectly designed calcium in a lettuce leaf, not in dolomite, a rock, for us to absorb. Well, I try to eat a lot of, uh you know, but the way the things are planted now, we don't, I don't think, get most of, you know, a lot of our nutrition from food. But you were talking about this, uh, what is it, Essica? Essiac. Yes, that's E-S-S-I-A-C. E-S-S-I-A-C, and it's uh, an excellent cleanser. You know, and like you were saying on the fruits and vegetables, if the soils are depleted, eat more. Right. It's a good time to eat more and to juice. 
you see? Yeah. And get those nutrients in food they absorb the best. Now, is that a tablet or is that just a... This is a, comes in a powder form. You make a tea out of it. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing I can take, um, like, uh, in a liquid form, like for a vitamin or something? There's colloidal minerals and vitamins. We have colloidal vitamins and minerals in a liquid form called Liquid Life. It's an excellent product, and you'll get 77 trace minerals, and you'll get vitamins. And I know there's even another one we're getting that has the same ingredients and B12, so that will help your red blood cells. Oh. Yeah, so take take some good antioxidants. I would get on an antioxidant program and, and lower, you know, the amount of fat you're eating and, and maybe even dairy products if you're getting continual respiratory problems. That's where What's I would the name start. Name your liquid vitamin. Liquid life. Liquid life. Yeah. Okay. How much is that, Danny? You'd have to call the store and ask them. We can't get prices over here. I haven't the air. memorized everything. You can't do it over the air anyway. So. Okay. All right. Okay. That's the that's the vitamin and mineral. Yes. Now, do you send things out? To yes, the they'll send it out to you the same day. Oh, okay. And then we can, uh, like, send them a check for it? Or yeah, why don't you just call the secretary? We, we can answer health questions, and they'll take care of all these type of qu- answers for you. Okay, okay, thank you, Shirley. Let's go to our next call. Darlene, how are you doing? Fine, thank you. How are you? We're doing fine. Good. Go ahead with your question. Okay, um, I just tuned into the station um, just a minute ago, but I understand that you're talking about cancers, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, now, what about someone with um, that's been diagnosed with lung cancer? Is there mm-hmm. anything that um, can be done outside of the you know the medical? Um, yes, there are more clinics that are are working to help people with alternative remedies. There's a number of clinics. There's also places that I've had guests like Charlotte Gerson and Dr. Francisco Contreras that are have offices like in San Diego but practice over the border since they can't use certain therapies in the United States. And I have found them to be very effective. You can contact our office, get phone numbers to there, explain what type of cancer you're dealing with, and get some advice. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Definitely a health-supporting diet high in vitamins and minerals and vegetarian is critical i believe in trying to boost the body and the immune system while detoxifying seac tea i know people uh, one lady called me one day and said she had a, a, a tumor on her lung that was malignant and she was taking the seac tea and it was she had an x-ray done and it was gone that's a testimony of somebody who called me and told me that not that I'm saying it's going to work for everybody. Plus, you don't want to play with something like cancer, especially lung cancer. It's a very dangerous cancer, and I would get medical advice either alternatively or, you know, somebody who specializes in non-toxic therapies. Okay? Okay. Thank you for your question. Thank you. Let's go to Doug. How are you doing, Doug? Good. How about you? Hi, Doug. Hi. How are you? We're doing wonderful. I have a couple questions for you. Sure. Um, the first is... Do you have a book available with uh, vegetarian recipes and such? Mm-hmm. We have our own called the Vegetarian Cooking School Cookbook that has 190 wonderful recipes in there. Oh, good. Yeah, so you can call one of the numbers at the end of the show. Okay, and the other thing is we have a, a about a 14-month-old baby. Uh-huh. We try to keep her, you know, somewhat vegetarian. Yes. And we're running out of things to... Uh, uh, Feeder. For interest in. Well, try our cookbook. It has everything in there from cannelloni to pizzas to burritos to lasagnas and the things we like to eat 
that are very tasty. Oh, good. Okay. What kind of a uh, cold remedies uh, might you have for children? For children or adults? Yeah, we have a number of things available. The one we recommend for children is called children's glyceride. It's specific for infections, colds, lung problems. Very effective. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for your question. Now, what about Nancy? Are you there? Yes, I'm here. All Hi, right. <laughs> Go ahead with your question. Um, I had a question that came in a little bit late to the show, but I was wondering um, what effect caffeine has on um, cancer and related and heart disease, and mm -hmm. what kind of an alternative if you enjoy your cup of coffee? I mean, what yeah. alternatives do you have? I, you know, I believe that, that caffeine, I tell people in our cooking schools that you don't like your coffee, you're addicted to it. If you don't believe me, quit. You know, you'll get headaches, you'll get withdrawal symptoms. Mm -hmm. Um, it causes the heart to race. It releases adrenaline. It causes glycogen to be released from the liver. It's, it elevates blood sugar levels. It's a, it's a drug, and there's many acids in that coffee. And as far as relating to cancers, I've seen reports that say, yes, increased chance of breast cancer. I've seen other reports that say, no, it doesn't. I don't think anything that stresses our adrenal glands, our, our central nervous system, is going to be beneficial for the immune system, okay? okay. The other thing is that um, as far as heart disease, yes, there is relation. In fact, you can take ca caffeine, which is going to leach calcium out of the body. When you urinate the poison out, you're taking minerals with it. That's going to affect your heart and your arteries. Also, vitamin C you'll lose. As an alternative, there's one product my family uses called Roma, R-O-M-A. Mm -hmm. And there's SIP, there's Postum, there's these others that are made from grains that actually have a coffee taste. I would try to find one you like, okay? Mm -hmm. Or drink an herbal tea, non-caffeinated in the morning that has some herbs that can give you a little zing in life, you know? Okay. Or eat a good breakfast, high carbohydrate with oranges, orange juice, fruit to give you the, the sugar you need for energy. And I think that your whole attitude and lifestyle will eventually adjust for the best. So there's no one particular vitamin or anything that, I mean, that would be a miracle one, but that you can replace to get that, you know, I mean, obviously sometimes I have coffee just because I'm feeling mm. great. If you want to take some ginseng, bee pollen, spirulina, a shake with some of those super nutrients in there, I think they'll give you energy too with maybe some brewery yeast. All right. All right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for your call. Well, Danny, guess what? We're out of time. We are out of time. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you have been motivated by this show. To connect with us and receive more information, you can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and modernmana.org. See you next time.